Amen. Thanks, John. And I hope you are encouraged by the stories of those who've admitted their sin, believed in Jesus, and received the gift of salvation. And, and maybe be willing to ask yourself, do you have a story? Appreciated Bill, Bill's uh, comment that there's a big difference between going to church and having a relationship with Jesus. So uh, maybe you're here and don't yet have a relationship with Jesus. We would want to walk that journey with you and answer any questions that you might have that you would know that freedom and joy that some of these kids talked about of forgiveness and the weight of sin being removed in your life, that Christ would make you new. And I always appreciate the courage of those who take a step to stand and declare their testimony, not because they're not scared, but because they want to obey the Lord. So don't allow fear to keep you from taking a step of obedience in public baptism. So if that's a step you think the Lord's calling you to do, uh, please let us know and we'll walk that journey with you as well. All right, would you join me in Galatians chapter 5 this morning? Galatians 5. Uh, we're in this series on discipleship, and, and we're in that part where we've come to Christ, and now it's to become like Christ, maturing in Christ. And part of the maturing in Christ is recognizing, and this is why I have a crib up here, it's just this reminder that we see our journey as a Christ follower moving from a coffin, because we're dead in our sins, to a crib, because when we are born again, we begin as infants in Christ, to a table where we learn to live as family together, and then ultimately a journey to a stove where we become a multiplier of other Christ followers. But we're in this journey of moving from the crib to the table. In other words, growing up in Christ. And the visual, I think, really helps because most of us have had, whether ourselves personally or extended family, we've had the experience of seeing a newborn grow up. And all the things that must, they must learn when they seek to grow into maturity. One of the primary ones that we want to look at this morning is simply when a infant, a baby, moves to those first steps of learning how to walk. That's always exciting because we've had so many grandkids in the last eight years, now 12 in the last eight years, but we've had this great experience of watching these kids, not all of them yet, but many of them, take those first steps steps. And it's such a reminder of this. You and I largely walk around without thinking about it anymore. You didn't get up this morning and go, all right, how do I walk again? What do I have to do? You just do it naturally because you've done it so much, but that wasn't always true. See, this is hard for us to remember. There was a time where you, you got up off your knees. This was true for you. You got up your, off your knees and you held on to this thing and then you started to let go and then what'd you do? You fell on your butt, right? And then, but everybody cheered for you <laughs> because you were like not holding on to anything for two full seconds. And so they cheered for you and you tried to do it again and then it, it's like, Come on, kid, just pick your leg up and like move it. But you didn't know how. 
Ay. And people went wild when you did that, right? And then what'd you do? You fell on your butt. And they went, way to go, you're getting it. Now, I'm painting a picture for you because we've all been there. And it's exactly what we have to go through spiritually. Just because you've been born again and that you are now in relationship with God does not mean you know how to walk with God. There's going to be moments where you're going to have to learn to now take a step of faith and not fall on your spiritual butt. Am I allowed to say that in church? Is that anybody offended? You'll get over it. Uh, and then get up again and then take another step and take an, to learn. You, everybody's got to learn to spiritually walk. Because when we come to Christ, we start in a crib. But we're not intended to stay in the crib. Everybody starts there. No one's intended to stay there. But it's easy to go, oh, no, no, I, I, just, I just prayed that prayer because I was looking to get out of hell and into heaven. We're really wanting, wanting to learn to walk spiritually. But if you're born again, here's been our, our theme verse for this section of this discipleship series. If anyone is in Christ, and those were the testimonies we just heard, if anyone's in Christ, a new creature, a new person, new identity. And with that identity, old things passed away, new things have come. And one of the new things is to learn to what Galatians 5 calls Walking in the Spirit. Just ask yourself, can I have your eyes for a moment? Do you think about your own relationship with Jesus? Do you see yourself each day seeking to, picture it, going through that day, walking in the Spirit? Not just on special days or oh, this is a difficult day and Pray for me, I need to walk in the spirit. Every day learning to, as easily as you physically walk through each day, you're learning, I get up and I seek to go to work, walking in the spirit. Encounter people through work, walking in the spirit. Engaging my marriage and my family, walking in the spirit. I thought, I don't know. <laughs> No one's ever, and this will be true for many of us, no one's really ever taught me to walk in the Spirit. So that's, that's the goal here. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Why not? For the flesh sets its desire against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please. So some quick observations about learning to walk in the spirit. Number one, 
You cannot walk in the spirit and at the same time satisfy the desires of your flesh. Now you can do that over a day. You can during the day, at some point in the day, walk in the spirit and later in the day satisfy the desires of your flesh. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you cannot simultaneously be walking in the spirit and satisfying the desires of your flesh. Now, if you're like, I, I'm not sure, well, what do you mean satisfying the desires of your flesh? Flesh, not talking about skin, bones, physical body. When the, when the scripture speaks about the flesh, it's that inner you that demands that you be satisfied, that you get what you want. Is that alive in you? No, that's not good enough. Is that alive in you? Alive and well in you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. When we come to Christ, though the penalty of sin has been paid and the slavery of sin has been broken, the presence of sin and the presence of the flesh still remains active within every single one of us. When we got up this morning, our flesh was like, I want to be satisfied today. I want you to do what, you, what I want to do. I want to see who I want to see. I want to do what I want to do. I want to sit when I want to sit. I want to eat what I want to eat. I want to say the things I want to say. I don't want to say the things I don't want to say. Right? That's alive and well in all of us. We cannot walk in the spirit, this new spiritual life that we're seeking to mature into and satisfy my flesh at the same time for this simple reason. The spirit of God in you is in opposition to the fleshly desires in you. So if you're born again, the spirit of God dwells in your heart. And so you have the spirit of God saying, no, you're not going to do today what you please. You're going to do what the, the scripture says pleases the Lord. And your flesh in you is going, no, 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 no. I don't want you to do what pleases the Lord. I want you to do what pleases me. And it works its way out in every moment. <coughs> Some of you have experienced that battle already. Maybe it was in the car on the way here. Or maybe you're watching online because it happened at home before you ever got in the car. See, it's not new. It's not going away. There's an opposition. And here's what I want you to see. It's like, in some sense, there is resistance to every step we would take to walk in the Spirit. And I want you to understand that because Sometimes you may ask, why is it so hard? What's the answer? My flesh. That's why it's so hard. You think, ah, if, I, if I was really a Christian, it'd be easy. No. If you weren't a Christian, it'd be easy. Because you just have the flesh. The evidence that it's hard is because the Spirit of God is in you and the flesh is in you. And they're in opposition to one another. That's what makes it hard. So, if you're looking for the easy path, there is no easy path. There's just the opposition. So, I'm telling you, walking in the Spirit is hard because there's constant opposition. Back to the text, verse 19. Now, <clears throat> the deeds of the flesh, in other words, if you satisfy the desires of the flesh, 
Here's what it's going to look like with physical eyes. The deeds of the flesh are evident, which are, it's going to look like immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outburst of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions. Wow. That's a lot of deeds, right? That's a lot of evidence of the flesh. There's more. <laughs> Envying, drunkenness, carousing. If you go, I don't know about carousing. Partying, all right? That one will relate to you. Partying and things like these of which I forewarn you, just as I forewarn you, that those who practice such things, they're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit. In other words, simple opposite. What's the evidence that I'm walking in the Spirit? Well, here's what that will look like with the physical eye. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self Control. Controlling self. Not self in control, but controlling self that wants to be in control. Against such things, there is no law. It's simply, the text is simply saying, hey, there's within the believer, the spirit of God and the flesh. <laughs> and they're in opposition to one another. How do you know if you're walking in the flesh, how do you know if you're satisfying the desires of the flesh? <clears throat> you know, because of the deeds that you do. The, the list is a long one, but it's certainly not an exhaustive one. Just if you find yourself anywhere in your day in any one of those, you go, ah, that's evidence that I'm simply satisfying the desires of my flesh, just doing what I want to do. I'm doing what pleases me. If you satisfy desires of flesh, you'll do the deeds of the flesh, opposite. If you walk in the Spirit, then you'll bear the fruit of the Spirit. You're going, I'm not going to please myself, but I'm going to do what I know is pleasing to the Lord. Then what will come out? Love, joy, peace, patience. Things that are supernatural, not natural. Now, that, that's extremely obvious, what, I just, what you just wrote down right there. Here's what's less obvious. And here, what, what I'm about to show you, I think, is most important to us this morning. A process produces a product. That's why I wanted you to write down, if you satisfy the desires of the flesh, you'll do the deeds of the flesh. In other words, do you see what I'm saying? What's the product, the deeds? Where'd that come from? A process of satisfying the desires of the flesh. Fruit of the Spirit is a result of what? A process of called walking in the Spirit. This, this is huge. Don't lose me here. I hope your experience has been different. But for years, here's what I heard about the Christian life. Don't do this. 
don't do that product. Stop doing that product. Don't produce that product. Oh, and hey, do this and do this and do this and do this. Anybody connecting? Yeah. And so it was all about the product. And, and I mean this, and zero help with the process. I'm supposed to produce a life that looks like Jesus. But how did Jesus do what he did? What was the, the process? How did Jesus walk that produced then the product of the life of God? Uh, we're not, I, I, well, he was Jesus. You just do your best. That was kind of what it came down to. So I'm going to be as loving as I can be loving, which wasn't very loving, quite frankly. And I'm going to be as patient as I can until I have it up here and then watch out. You all know that, right? I've had it up to here. Now my patience is over. And you, I know I I shouldn't, but there's very few in here who go, Oh, I'm a Christian and I should stop getting drunk? No idea. I'm a Christian and I shouldn't be cheating on my spouse? Hmm, newsflash. None of you are thinking that. I don't think so. Oh, I'm a Christian and I should be loving? Oh, that'd be helpful. No, none of you are thinking that. Why? Because you've heard product, 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 product. But where's the product come? I'm a process. What's the process? Walking in the Spirit. That's why I'm saying every week we teach the Scriptures, and therefore it's important. But there's a few things that I would encourage you to beg of God more than, Lord, teach me to walk in the Spirit. Because when I simply try to produce a product, I'm never good at it. Teach me to walk in the Spirit. Why? Walk by the Spirit and two things happen. You don't carry out the desires of the flesh and what else happens? You bear the fruit of the Spirit. So everything that you've always been told about what not to do and what you are to do is a result of learning to walk not just stand here and try to reproduce an impossible product so how do we learn the process of walking in the spirit let's start Galatians 5 what's it say next now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires if we live by the spirit Let us also walk by the Spirit. If you have your Bible open there and you're willing to write in it, you ought to circle this word, belong, underline it, highlight it, whatever you do, box it in. It begins, walking in the Spirit begins with this. I remember whose I am. I remember whose I am. I am. I, what was the the word we just circle? I belong to Christ Jesus. Why? 
When Paul wrote to Corinthians, he says, don't you know that your body, temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you're not your own. You've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Any idea why Paul wrote that to the Corinthians? Let me tell you why. Because to be a Corinthian, even though they had come to Christ, sexual, sexual immorality was just rampant. And they were justifying, I'm in Christ, but I can have sexual immorality. And he's gone. No, no. It wasn't just stop doing that. He said, what? You're not your own anymore. Your body is not your own. Your body is not yours to do with whatever you please. I don't, once I've come to Christ, I don't get to think the things that I want to think and do the things that I want to do. And that's not, remember we talked about this a few weeks ago, that I don't belong to me is not a bad thing. That's a good thing because when I belong to me, I wreck my life. And when you belong to you, you, you wreck your life. You think, no, I don't think I will. Give it time. You will. Seriously. I'm not picking on you. Everybody who tries to run their life wrecks their life. So it's not bad that you don't belong to you. That's a good thing. And it's where walking in the spirit begins. That I am not my own. I have been bought. Don't belong to me. I've been bought, not my own. Let me make sure you I connect something. If you've been around the chapel, you've seen me do this hundreds of times. You know why? Because this is a reflection of where walking in the Spirit begins. In other words, by placing the Bible over my head, I'm saying the Word of God has authority in my life. Not here where the word of God has consideration in my life, I listen to it and then I think I'll do whatever it seems best to me. Here, the word of God has authority. And walking in the spirit begins with recognizing I'm not my own, I belong to the Lord and his word has authority in my life. Anytime... I take the word of God and I go, yeah, but, which is what we like to say, yeah, but it seems to me, I know I should forgive, but it seems to me, I know I should love them, but it seems to me, I know I should give that, but it seems to me, as soon as I move the word of God from here to here, I can't walk in the spirit anymore because this, this is, I belong to him and this is, he's my counselor. And you always do what your counselor says? No, not unless you just agree with it. <laughs> yeah, that seems good. I think I'll try that. Nah. I know you said that. Nah. <laughs> Cannot walk in the spirit here, right here. What's he say in verse 25? If I live by the spirit, Walk by the Spirit. What's his point? When you came to Christ, by God's grace, don't, don't lose me here. When you came to Christ, by God's grace, you recognized, I need Jesus to do for me something that I cannot do for myself. 
I cannot be good enough. I cannot earn heaven. I cannot repay for all the wrong. I, I cannot. I need, you right? You tracking with me? I need Jesus to do for me what I cannot do for myself. Then you got saved. Once you were reconciled to God, it says the spirit of God was poured into your heart. You became a new creature, a new person in Christ. <laughs> and you know what we often do then? Okay, now let me get... After doing my best to repay what he did for me. No, no. If we live by the Spirit, if we've come to life by what the Word of God and the Son of God has done for me so that the Spirit of God now dwells in me. If I live by the Spirit, what should I do? Walk by the Spirit. See, placing faith in Jesus is the first step of faith that are intended to be many, many steps of the same after that. Jesus, I need you to do something for me I could not do for myself. Jesus, today I need you to do something for me I could not do for myself. Jesus, today I need for you to do something for me I could not do for myself. If we live by the Spirit, we should walk by the Spirit. It's now my life because I belong to him. That's why Paul wrote to Galatians. Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Remember when I finally realized what he was saying here, I was like, wow, that's exactly what I sought to do for the first seven, eight years of my Christian walk. Started in the spirit and then did my very best to be perfected by the flesh. Needed Jesus to do for me what I could not do for myself. Came to God. Now stop doing that. Okay, I'll try, try, try. Start doing this. I'm trying, 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 trying. If you live by the spirit, walk by the spirit. You don't come to life by the spirit and then perfect yourself with the flesh. I mean, you can try, but you'll do that no better than you would have been able to do by coming to Christ yourself. See what I'm saying? Somehow we think we need Jesus for the starting point, and then it's up to us after that. And that's a big, fat lie. We need Jesus to start the process, and we need Jesus for every step in the process. Change my life. Because up until that, it was just produce the product, Doug. Produce the product. And when you fail at the product, hide it. Don't let anybody see. That's a great life. That's a joke, by the way. That's a terrible life. <laughs> Having begun by spirit, you're now being perfected by the flesh. So begin with whose I am. Second, probably pretty clear to you, who I am. Whose I am, I belong to him. Second, walk in the spirit who I am. 
Whose I am addresses the question, I'm gonna please the flesh, please the spirit, okay? I wanna please the spirit because that's now who my life is in. So whose I am. Now I've taken that step, who I am. And so let me simply take us to John 15 where Jesus describes who we are. He says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit for apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, why am I connecting this? Because in the New Testament, don't lose me here. In the New Testament, walking in the spirit is exactly the same process that Jesus refers to as abiding in Christ. Those are not two separate things. Same idea, just different visual images to address. Oh, walking in the spirit. I can get that. Jesus, most likely when he speaks these words with his disciples, walking through a vineyard, and it's like, I'm the vine, you're the branch. So same idea, abiding in him and walking in the spirit. First step, what? Whose am I? I belong to him. Second step, who am I? Well, this text tells me three things about me. First, the bad news. I'm unable to do anything apart from him. Now, don't, miss, don't take this too far. Jesus is talking about bearing fruit. You can drive your car apart from Jesus, right? You can do your taxes apart from Jesus. What he's saying is you cannot bear fruit, do anything of eternal value. You cannot reflect the character of God or do the work of God apart from Jesus. You do not have it in and of yourself. That's an important truth. It's not an excuse. It's a reality that Jesus acknowledged. That you cannot love the way God calls you to love apart from yourself. You ever felt that? You cannot be steadfast and endure the way you're called to endure apart from yourself. You ever felt that? Like, I'm about to, I, I'm done. That's what we say, I've had it up to here. That means uh, I can't do this. That's not an excuse, that's a reality. You've heard me say this, but what's the good news? It's not the only reality. The other thing that Jesus said is true about us in John 15, five is not only am I unable to do anything apart from him, uh, he lives in me. I'm the vine, you're the branch. We are, we're one. You don't have a branch apart from a vine. You don't have a vine apart from a branch. They're one. This is the power of the gospel, friends. Jesus didn't just die on the cross to pay the penalty for your sin. Yes, he he paid the penalty for your sin. And then he, having reconciled you to God, poured himself in you so that Christ now, through the person of the Holy Spirit, lives in you. You're partakers of the divine nature, meaning you have everything that you need for life and for godliness. So is it true that I just can't do what God calls me to do in and of myself? Is that true or false? That's true. Is that an excuse? No, it's true. It's just not the only truth. There's a second truth about me. Christ lives in me. And he 
he's love and he is patient and he is kind and he is good and he is gentle. Everything he, he, he is everything he's called me to be and do. He is and he's where? In me. So yes, I can't do it on myself, but he is in me. Therefore, the best news is I'm able to do all things through him. He who abides in me and I him, him, he bears much fruit. See, I'm not making this stuff up. This is Jesus said, if you're going to walk in the spirit, you need to recognize these three things that are true about who I am. Yes, I am totally inadequate apart from him, but I'm not. I'm one with him. Because I'm one with him, he gives me everything I need for life and for godliness. We'll walk through this whole process in a moment in real life. But I want you to, whose I am, who I am. Totally weak, but one with him who is infinitely strong. So in him and through him, I can bear much fruit. So what I do, third step, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, alive to God in Christ Jesus. Why would you consider yourself that? Because that's who you are. <laughs> this is not like power of positive thinking. No, just consider the truth. You have this amount of dollars in your spiritual checking account. <laughs> and the dollars are dead to sin, alive to God which is the opposite before you came to Christ, you were dead to God and alive to sin. And when you came to Christ, totally reversed. Now dead to sin, not to the presence of sin, but to the penalty of sin, the power of sin, so you don't have to be a slave any longer. You're dead and you're alive to God now. The Spirit of God now lives in you. So what ought you to do? What's the first, verse, first word of verse 12? Romans 6, anybody know? Therefore, in other words, there's an action because of a reality. Because you're dead to sin but alive to God, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lust. In other words, don't satisfy the desires of the flesh. Why? Because you're alive to God, dead to sin. What should I do? Uh, don't go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of right to unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members... Uh, what's he talking about? Members? Very, don't, don't, don't be confused. Very obvious. Don't, my eyes, my mind. Don't present my mind as an instrument for unrighteousness because I'm dead to sin but alive to God. Don't present your mouth as an instrument of unrighteousness. I'm alive to God, dead to sin. I should present these members, mind, eyes, mouth, Feet, hands, they ought to be simply instruments of righteousness. Instruments. Instruments don't really make a great song. Someone who plays the instrument makes a great song. Or really lousy song. What's he simply saying? I remember whose I am. I belong to the Lord. Who I am. Totally weak, but one with him who is infinitely able. 
So therefore, I present my body to be his, his instrument. Again, this is, you gotta hear me. Words matter so much in this moment. My body is an instrument. I'm not the player, I'm the instrument. Who's the player? <laughs> Either my flesh or the spirit. One of the two get to be the player in your life. You see that? You simply make a decision. Who am I going to give this mouth to? <laughs> the flesh or the spirit? When I present my body to be his instrument, then, then his character is revealed. Not, be, not, not by me, but through me. Huge difference in the Christian life it's, as it's intended to be. Not by me, but through me. His character is revealed. His work is accomplished. Not by me, but through me. By whom? Him. He's the player. When my body... It's, I don't know if it helps you or not, but if you can imagine your body as like a guitar <laughs> presented to God, and then he does his work through you. Or your body as a guitar presented to your flesh. Totally different sound. Totally different experience. Learning to walk in the Spirit. I say walk by the Spirit and you'll not only reveal his character and accomplish his work, him doing it through you, what else will happen? You won't satisfy the desires of your flesh. Don't miss this. Do you know why? Do you know why when if you walk by the Spirit, you will not satisfy the desires of the flesh? Your flesh won't have a body to be an instrument through. Because it'll all be presented to the Spirit of God. See, when I present my body to be his instrument, my fleshly desires lack a body to do the deeds of the flesh. See, the, one of the fruit of the Spirit is telling the truth. One of the deeds of the flesh is telling a lie. Each require a mouth. It's just depending who you present it to in the moment. And folks, you do this. We do this. We're in the moment. I know what I should do. I should tell the truth. But man, if I tell the truth, that might blow up my life. And so I don't want to blow up my life. I want to do what would be seemingly good. So I present this mouth to speak a lie instead of to the Spirit of God. Speak the truth. So, in every moment of conflict between what? 
the spirit and my flesh. What do I first do? I belong to God, whose I am. Can't do this, but he can. And he lives in me, who I am. And because of who I am, I present my body. Instrument, just to be an instrument, his righteousness. Okay, real life, you go to work tomorrow morning. As soon as you walk in, uh, you saw that person that you don't like to see. And you're like, what's your flesh want to do? Look down, look away, avoid, avoid, avoid. You got to, it's like in your head, avoid, avoid, deport, ah, yeah, eject, eject. <laughs> and as your flesh is crying, eject, you hear Matt singing in your ear, everyone matters to the Lord. <laughs> yeah! And the battle's on, right? Yeah. Eject, everyone matters, eject, everyone matters. In the moment, what's the first decision? Whose am I? If I'm mine, <laughs> if I'm the Lord, okay, I try to see you differently. Next step, if I'm the Lord, I'm dead to sin, I'm alive to God. I can't do this. I don't want to do this. But Christ, who would, lives in me. Now, every step matters because I can still remember whose I belong to and who I am and go, yeah, but I'm out. <laughs> We've all done it. We've told ourselves the truth and then went, yeah, but I don't feel like it today. Maybe tomorrow, Lord. Right? It comes down to the deed, but we got, it starts with the right thought, the right consideration, and then that final step. Lord, this body belongs to you, and I belong to you, and you're within me. So I'm giving my feet to you to not to avoid the person, but to engage the person. In that moment, you walk in the spirit or satisfy desires flesh. You get home from work, your spouse says something jabbing to you. What's your flesh want to do? Jab back, right? If you can jab, I can jab. I've had our day too, we can both do this. You want to jab back. And then the spirit of God goes, oh, but your marriage is like Jesus in the church. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you hear that stuff. That sounds great on Sunday, but that stinks Monday night. <laughs> Whose I am? Who I am? And we make a decision, right? See, it's, it's moment by moment. And, and you may think, Doug, when I see that person at work, I don't have this much time to go, duh, 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 duh. They're like gone. Like, Thank you, Lord. <laughs> I, I, I don't have that much time. This is what we're talking about. What? 
We all start learning slowly. But with, this, this what I promise, by God's grace at work in your life, you can learn to walk in the Spirit so that you didn't have to physically get up this morning and think, how do I do this again? You've done it enough. And you can go to work enough that all those things happen that fast in your head. Who's I am, who I am, Lord, here's my body. That, that fast. The challenge is, you've done that with your flesh that fast for a long time. And so it takes time to relearn. But maturing in Christ is learning to walk in the Spirit. And uh, let me simply repeat, band's going to come up, or maybe like two of them. <laughs> We're going to declare with our voices what's true, because that's where it always starts. We have to declare to ourselves what is true. But if you, as you go this week, here's, here's my desire. Ask the Lord, Lord, teach me to walk by the Spirit. Don't walk out of here going to go, I'm going to produce the product. You won't, you won't, you won't. Lord, I want to learn the process and grow in the process. So I literally can walk spiritually like I walk physically. Bow with me. Lord, this is, uh, well, I don't need to pray. Just quietness of your seat. That's your heart. Would you ask the Lord to teach you, help you learn this process of walking in the Spirit? Lord, with lots of joy, I know that's a prayer you want to answer. And what a difference in our lives, in our families, in this community, to the ends of the earth. Would it be if, if we began not to try to reproduce a product, but learn to walk? So we declare now what we know to be true according to your word that will set us on that course. Thanks for truth. Let's stand together and declare.
a child of God, forgiven and set free from slavery to sin. And the Spirit of God lives in me to do the work of God through me. I pray that'd be our reality, that we'd be reminded of that today and in the days to come. Hey, if we can pray for you in any way, we have men and women available between the auditoriums that would love to do that. And I want to encourage you to, again, Tuesday night at 7 o'clock, we're going to come here, we're going to boast in Jesus. And that's through song, and that's through scriptures and stories, but it's also, we open the floor up for you. Uh, so you've got a few days. You think about how the Lord has blessed you in this year and you want to boast in him. Come ready to share a sentence or two. God gets lots of glory. We get encouraged. Um, it'll be a great way to start our holiday season. So God bless. We'll see you on Tuesday.